Thanks for joining with us today on our Potter's Hope podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and gives you strength to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message. of scripture I don't know how many times over the past 20 plus years Holy Ghost reminded me of this first line verse 1 therefore seeing we have this ministry if we as receive mercy we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty and walking in craftiness nor Handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel church is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. And who are those folks? It's it's these, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Paul says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. <laughs> I'm getting ready to get into some shouting ground right here. For God. Somebody say, for God. Who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. But Nancy, we have this treasure. In earthen vessels. I love this. I love this building. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And I think I'll get to the rest of this in just a minute, but let's pray. Lord, seeing them, we have this ministry. We do not faint. We do not falter. We, we understand, God, that there's a calling on our life as Christians. So, God, tonight, I, I believe that through the power of, of the Holy Ghost that you gave us as the earnest, the down payment, thank you, Holy Ghost, that God, tonight, we, as we crucify the flesh, we, we begin to understand that we have victory in the power of the Holy Ghost. And God, tonight, I just pray that you just equip your people. God, tonight, that you would activate, motivate, cultivate. God, all those things. Lord, Holy Ghost, come on by. Fill us and flood us. We trust you. We trust you. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Turn to somebody and say, do you feel faint? Do you feel faint? Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So really, I come tonight with fighting on my mind. I come tonight with fighting on my heart. You know, when we started the course of this year at the beginning and even at the end of last year, just talking about raising 
champions. And if we were going to see or if we were going to be part of raising champions, we had released the thought that we've got to raise fathers. And we need to teach fathers today to fight, but to fight for the right thing. As we see this piece of Scripture and as Paul begins to release it, we need to understand, each and every one of us, that there is a call on our life. There's a call. And you know what? When we begin to see this, and, and there's a displacement here, there's something that when he says that when you can tell and you begin to see who you are and you begin to come to the knowledge of the truth, then you're going to begin to deal with the craftiness and the manipulation that's in you that, that you and I both are very capable of using to use people as pawns in our life. I want to remind you the message is yet to come, and we'll talk about people next. We talked about the path last Sunday. I think we'll talk about your people this coming Sunday. But the real part of this is that you have the power. You don't have the power to control anybody. And one reason that your life is a wreck is because you believe you, you can and you do. When I, I just want to share something with you as a nugget for you to build on towards Sunday, if the Lord will have us go there, is the fact when you, take, when you take the controller out of your hand and put the key in your hand, you'll start understanding the difference between control and authority. Jesus Christ did not come to this earth to control man, but to give man the authority through his blood over sin and hell. When you and I begin to understand just how big this God is that is living on the inside of us, hell will quit winning in your life and you'll start having some victory over the enemy. you got to figure out tonight that what is it that we're fighting for and is it worth fighting for? It's time to quit fighting over the dirty bowl in the sink and start fighting for your marriage and start fighting for what is right and start believing that you are called to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of an almighty God. What you call yours, God calls his. Your children are a heritage unto God. For all of you that believe that you messed up, fouled up, just done everything wrong with your kids, I don't know what I'm going to do. Start right now. Start right now of doing the next right thing. When I was talking Sunday about the Holy Ghost being just like that thing that gives you directions and saying recalculating, for those of you that have took the wrong path for so long, just take the next right road. And see what Holy Ghost will do. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Larry, it's not the outward things that we do that we talk about so many times. It's not that. What is it that motivates you to do wrong before God? Because I need to tell you again that you can't mix the holy and the profane. You say you want the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you, Holy Ghost don't mix with rotten. He don't mix with nothing. Why don't I have victory? Why don't I have victory? Because you're not understanding that greater is he that is in you. If the Holy Ghost is in you, you have something greater than the problem that is before you. Hallelujah. Listen, it's time that you start operating in the Spirit. You may say this. We start operating in the Spirit. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to fight. It's time to fight. I told y'all I got five words. I'm going to release them here in a minute, I think. What are we fighting for? What is it that all these things are coming against you? You're weary. You're worn out. Well, listen, it ain't no time to quit. People have heard that consistently from this pulpit for a lot of years, man. There ain't no place to quit. 
God ain't about having no quitters, man. It's time for you to stand up, be strong in Jesus' name, and declare that your God is alive. And what the mountain that he don't move, he'll give you the power to climb. That's just the way that he moves and he operates. So what am I talking about? Let's look at verse 8. And here's really, seeing that we have this treasure in earth and vessels, he's going ahead and laying his groundwork. And Paul's not denying. He said, listen, this all ain't a bed of roses. He said, and you all familiar with this, he said, we're troubled on every side. How many of you right now got some trouble in your life? All right, we got some trouble. Now, here's the thing. You're troubled on every side. I'm going to talk more to this in a minute. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed. We're puzzled, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Who would have thought, Stephanie, that in that song that was actually Scripture, that that song that we've sung for years. Here's what I'm trying to tell you is that the enemy wants to come at you any way that he can. I like what Paul says. Paul says this. He said, when I run, I don't run uncertainly. Listen, you got too many Forrest Gumps in life. You just run to be running. And we, What are you doing? I'm just running. Quit running uncertainly. Can I tell you something? This old boy ain't going to run nowhere unless it's for a sandwich or there's a prize waiting for me. Can I get a witness in the house? Can it be that simple? Absolutely. I don't run just to run. Amy, do I run just to run? Girl, you should have did you some hallelujah right there. Somebody said, well, what's the prize? I got this old hill I've talked about all the time in my house. Somebody said, well, you say you run, just don't to run. I tell people all the time, I said, you are. people look at me and say, man, I'm this and I'm that. I said, can I tell you something? I work out to look like I look. Look at you. I climb, it's been a while. I got a hill I climb, man, and I, I run up there. What's the prize? Health. Health, being there for my youngins. Being there for my grandbabies, I can always use a little bit of extra prayer. But here's what I don't do. I don't run with no purpose. And he goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 9. I'm not even trying to be cute. 26, he said, not as uncertainly, he says, so fight I. One of the first points that I want to make is this, so fight I. The problem with not as one that beats the air, I'll tag this out. One of the reasons that you wore out is because you spend more time fighting self. If you would get victory over yourself, so fight I. So fight I. Every day when you get up, so fight I. You fight. Listen, why don't you crucify the flesh the first thing in the morning and don't breathe back into it the rest of the day and watch what happens. Start living life. Listen, can I, don't even breathe onto that old man. Don't even let that old man in. So fight I, but not as one that beats the air. You wore out. I never understood shadow boxing. Look, my shadow's so big, ain't no way I could dodge it. So fight I, but not, listen, I'm telling you, not as one that beats the air. We got people wearing themselves out, shadow boxing, fighting yourself. And listen, you're afraid to get in the ring. Can I tell you, get in the ring in Jesus' name, defeat that devil, and win. So fight I. I don't run with no prize or for no prize with ain't something of victory. And I ain't shadow boxing no more. No more. So fight, I fight with purpose. Oh, Paul said this. He said, you know what? Fight the good fight of faith. The good fight. 
You've heard these scriptures lately, probably from one of these men of God that have been preaching. And so fight out. He said, fight that good fight. Let me tell you what's a good fight. A good fight is not going back and digging up some old junk that you. Fight the good fight. In your marriage, fight the good fight. Don't fight to fight about your mother-in-law. I got the greatest mother-in-law in the world. Everybody talk about their mother-in-law, how they're this and that. I got a great one. I got a great one. And even if I didn't, I would hope the Lord would help me not to talk about her. You wear your mind out. And you wear yourself out with, boy, I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to give him a piece of my mind. You ain't got no mind left. Because you don't give everybody a piece of your mind. You, you can't even can't have nothing left. I'm just waiting, just wait till I see. You wait, wait, wait till I. And you get all this junk, don't we, Arlie? We get all this junk conscious, and you wore out for it. Just wait. And he says, fight the good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life. What's that mean to me? It means this. I ain't going to fight those junk fights I used to fight. Why? Because I'm laying hold on eternal life. What am I saying? I ain't fight with you no more. I'm laying hold on eternal life. You ain't going to keep me from what my king's got for me. I'm going to tell you right now, my king's done said I could have joy. He's done said I could have peace. You're troubled on every side. you got all these things coming at you. That's kind of the main theme tonight. But this is the thing. Oh, Paul, when he gets ready to wrap it up, he's telling young Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 7, he said, I fought a good fight. He said, I finished my course. You're familiar with that. I preached that at a lot of funerals. He said, I finished my course and I've kept the faith. I've said this more than once lately, this very thing. Can I tell you, the enemy wants your faith. His ultimate goal is your faith. We see that very thing with Peter. Remember that? Before the Catholics called him St. Peter and said he was the first pope. Can I tell you, that man was a preacher hot and heavy, Jack. He was a preacher. You know what he said? Just let me coddle y'all along. You know what he said? Repent. You want change? Repent. What's that mean? Quit doing what you're doing. Turn from your evil ways and turn unto the Lord. Set your sights on the Savior and not on your sin. And things will begin to shift. I just need four steps. You need one step. And if you need some help, I'll give you a step. What I'm trying to tell somebody right now is that you don't have to be where you are. Why? How did I get here? I'm telling you, you got there because you wanted to be there. It's time for you to leave that and get to Him and let life begin to change and shift in you. So fight I. And then, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Turn to somebody you've heard it before. Run your own race. Run your own race. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. The Word of God says, henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown. And not just to me only, but all those that love his appearing. 
not just a good fight. He goes on to speak in Hebrews about a great fight. And he, he's trying to encourage them. And in the same time, in Hebrews chapter 10, he's telling them, man, listen, listen, once you're saved, you can't be going back. Your nature should have changed. I've been preaching a lot about this. I don't have the power, nor does anybody in here, to tell you whether you're saved or not. But most of the issue was last week or the week before when I said you're having all this stuff because most of you are not born again if you're still dealing with them issues. When you're born again, you got a new, listen, you're a new creature. Things that you used to do seem, they should seem crazy to you now. Huh? Okay, let me get on. Let me get on. He said this, I'm going to call to your remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, I'm in Hebrews 10, 32, after you were illuminated that you had endured such a great fight of affliction. That when he's speaking that in the beginning, he's telling them that, listen, know whose side you're on. But he said, do you remember that when you came to Christ, do you remember in those days when you were first illuminated how you went through all that stuff? I don't know about you all, but listen, my greatest fear, the day that I got saved, I remember a young boy being 16 years old. My greatest fear, listen, sure, I, got, I was born again. But you know what? The greatest fear that hit me after that on my way home from church, what's my mama going to think? Kathy shakes, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know about you all, but I was raised in a denomination. I was born into a denomination. I'm not trying to be critical of anybody or anything. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that my greatest fear was what's my memo going to think? Part of us in this room today, you're worried about what somebody else is going to think about you giving your life to Jesus. Can I tell you, why don't you give them to Jesus just like you give yourself to Jesus and let Jesus work on them and let him work on you? And your life can change. In the midst of this right here, this great fight, he's telling us what to fight for. Are there going to be afflictions? Are there going to be tough times? Absolutely. You're troubled on every side. He goes on to say this, that there were those, even when he's speaking in that great hall of faith, in John, or excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Noah, by faith Moses. He goes down that whole, by faith Abraham, through faith, all those things that he begins to speak of. And then he talks about those martyrs that had a valiant faith. Those that in the midst of, 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 of everything coming against them, all of these things coming against them, they had a valiant faith. A faith that says, you're not going to stop me. You're not going to keep me from serving my king. And now my point. When I look at that, I usually, usually, if, if, if there's one thing coming at me, I usually can handle one thing. One thing. And Amy's laughing probably right now because she said, you can't stay focused on one thing. <laughs> if I got one thing, I can deal with it. I want to share this with you. How many of y'all feel like you got a bunch of things coming at you? Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. You're troubled on every side. Well, let's be real with it tonight because this is my point I want to make. That I feel like the Lord just really pressed into me today, even in preparation, was this. Is that back when I played football, uh, or I was on the team, I played some football. And, and when I did that, if, if there was one guy across from me, I did all right. I did okay. But see, what happened, how many of y'all ever been double teamed? And 
You see, I'm going to help somebody tonight because this is the whole point I want to make. Turn to somebody and say, are you being double teamed? Because what happens is this, is that the enemy comes against you, and what he does is this, and it's not just him. He bringing other stuff too. Now, I'm going to help some of you. Hey, listen, can we do this before? How many of you feel like you got stuff coming at you from all angles? Would you raise your hand high? Don't be ashamed, please, right now. How many of you feel like you're fighting right now, that you're in a battle? Go on, raise your hand. Don't be, don't be afraid. How many of you all know somebody else in a battle? <laughs> I just like it. Everybody raise their hand. This is... Stay with me. This is key. I got to thinking about that very thing. I got to thinking about how the enemy works on double team. You see, Job, let me give you some examples. Job got double teamed. See, how do you get double teamed? Well, see, the enemy, you see, you know, you all know the story of Job. And when Satan comes, he comes into the presence of God, and he says, well, what about your servant Job? You all know what happened, man. It's like the Lord just kind of pulled back the hedge, and then the enemy come at Job. That's one thing. That's the enemy. But let me tell you, when Job got double teamed. His wife. This is when it gets tough, man, in your life is when family. You feel like the enemy's coming against you. But Job's wife, Job, you know, if there was some people that I could lay hands on in the Bible, Job's wife would be one of them. She looks at Job, and there's Job, man, and all his misery. He got balls and everything going on. He's hurting and all this stuff. And he's just like, he's just ready to just. She said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just quit, Job? Look at you. I don't know if y'all have ever been right there, but I've heard the devil chant that to me. And I've even heard some people that I thought were friends to me say similar things to me. Have you ever been double teamed? Well, you know, here's the story. Then old Job, he just quit. He just quit. He just, he just forgot it all right there. He said, God, I'm done. I'm finished. I don't even know you. No, you know what Job did? Job stayed faithful unto the Lord, and in the end, Job had more than when he started. Do you understand there's a prize worth fighting for? And when you can get to this place in your life and you understand, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When I was on the football field, I was a chump, man. And when I was a sophomore, I never even got on the field. Bruce was here, our lead, I'd blame that on him. Bruce was my coach, and he was a great one. That wasn't the reason. I wasn't ready. My junior year, I started getting some playing time, playing on, on the football field, and started doing that. Give me some playing time. But I don't ever remember one time my junior year ever getting double teamed. Turn to somebody and say, are you even good enough to get double teamed? Lord, where's all this coming from? If you wouldn't know, count the enemy. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Sharon? If you wasn't somebody that the enemy wanted to take out, why would he be double teaming you? My message 
It's time to fight through the double team. I'm going to tell you right now, my senior year, I got double team. I had people that come at me. So how, how do you deal with a double team? And I'm not saying I was good. I'm not saying any of that, but I'll tell you this. They sent some people. And here's what they do. I play defensive end, and y'all are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, can I, let me, let me talk. Hey, it's, my, it's my time. Because I got to thinking about this. And I, I played defensive end, and when I was playing, there'd be a tight end over here. And the thing is, if I got tangled up with him, I'd get distracted. If I, hang on a minute now. And the longer I got tangled up with him, there was somebody else coming. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Throw down what you're fighting with right now. We used to say get shed of it. In life, what you're battling right there, there's something else coming. So what do you do? As soon as it comes, you throw it down. That when the enemy comes with an listen, when those people come at you with this, throw that down and be ready for the next one that's coming. Because what happens, the enemy knows that if he can take you out, the whole team will lose. So I fight. In the midst of that, I, I'm thinking about that very thing. And, and, and all this time, I'm thinking about it in life. It wasn't just my marriage. It was this. It was that. It was, it was all these things seemingly at one time. And until, here's my problem. What I tried to do was fight that in the flesh until I realized how big that the Holy Ghost was in my life. And I began to activate Him. And then I heard a voice from the Holy Ghost that said something like this. If you'll be still, I'll fight for you. And I... I'll start fighting for you. So how do we fight through that double team? You got, listen, these things y'all wrestling with, that we wrestle with, that thing about self. Can, can I help y'all with something? Turn to somebody and say, you just ain't all that. I'm going to tell you right now what will help you. Heard a good friend of mine today say this. I figured something out that when you come into a room, and you know what? If you'll come under instead of over, you'll gain the room. You all have heard me say this before. What about those people that come into the room and they say, they say, hey, I'm here. Or what about those people that when they come in there and say, hey, there you are. When you and I begin to understand that the reason that hell is fighting so hard against you and this double team, and if you're good enough, Stephen, did you ever get double teamed? Man, no, is he humble? He went, oh, we are y'all. Larry, did you ever get double teamed? That's where I'm going. Triple team. You think about Job, you think about David. See, the thing is, we think about the giant, but can I tell you, the giant wasn't the only thing, Jake, that, that he was facing because he was facing his brothers. What are you doing here, little brother? You don't even belong up here. Just leave the cheese and go home. 
And by the way, I don't know if you remember it or not, but that whole anointing thing that was on you, you remember you were out there with them sheep, we didn't even... And David had to do that. What about Jesus? What about him? How about Triple T? He came into his own. His own received him not. He came, and the very ones that he came for were shouting, kill him, crucify him. What? Hold on, I ain't done. Man, that would be enough. What? I came, I came to help you. Then what about those guys that he hung out with for three and a half years? Three, three and a half years. What about them? I ain't going to leave you, Jesus. Mm-mm. See you next Sunday, Pastor. I'm there. Gone. What about them disciples? Every one of them. Gone. The toughest one, Lord. Nah, I'm gonna serve it as a question because I'm mixed, man, on my react or on my on my thought of scripture. But when he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" The crowd, I can understand. The disciples, a little tougher. But God, where are you at? I don't know about you, and I'm not, I, don't, I don't believe the Lord's ever left me. I don't, I don't believe that. I've done my best at times to leave him. He just like relentless, man, through the power of the Holy Ghost. But I will tell you this, that that to me, and Larry, you and I have had quite a few talks about this and, and, and others. Did he turn his back? All I can tell you is this, is that hell wanted to do everything that it could or be a part of to stop the plan. I don't know if in this room the next Billy Graham, and and I don't mean to use that, I'm using that name lightly. I don't know that the next Billy Graham is in this room. I don't know that the next greatest evangelist is in this room or the next greatest missionary is in this room. I can't tell you that for sure, but I can't tell you that it is or it isn't true, but I can tell you this. If you are, hell wants to double-team you. Hell wants to double-team you. So in order that when we come to this place in life, that when we get here and we're thinking, where's all this coming from? I begin, I, I begin to do this, and now Amy knows it. I'm, I'm trying to become more active in it, and I, I'm trying to say, listen, this is coming from somewhere, and I serve a good God, and I know he's got good gifts for me. Now listen, my God knows how to rebuke and chastise me. I'll guarantee you, he knows how to do that. He knows how to get my attention. But this is what I know for a fact. I know that hell does not want the gospel preached. 
He doesn't want it preached. He doesn't want it lived. And if he can stop it anywhere, he wants to stop it in your home. If he can take any one member out of that household, Mama, we love you, but it's not you. What is going on today in America? Men in America are getting double teamed and triple teamed. The father in the home has become a scarcity. And we're trying to fix a social problem and we have a spiritual issue. The problem today is not more funding. It's not more this. It's that. Can I tell you that if we get the Holy Ghost in every home and if revival hits the home, listen, America will have revival. Hey, Daddy, let me tell you something. I don't care if you got 50,000 friends and likes on Facebook and everything else. Hell hates you. Hates you. Because you should symbolize pattern and order. So every time you're fighting over she ain't got something ready for supper, shut your mouth. And did he just get that real? Yes. You know why? Because hell wants your home. Order starts with you. Pattern starts with you. So when you see that this is coming here and that's coming here, can I tell you what that is? That's hell double teaming you right now. You have to come to that place to where you realize what and who you're up against. I can assure you that if hell wants to take one person out, it'll be the father. It'll be the father. So I've got to ask you a question. Are you ready to fight through the double team? Are you ready to fight for what's important? There's all kinds of expression of fight. There's all kinds of expressions of things that are going on on the outside. But you and I have got to understand what we are fighting for. What prompted this today? I played football with a really, well, we, we were great friends. And then there was a probably 30 some odd years that really not much contact, if any contact. And then two or three years ago, he and I reconnected through his father. I won't be much longer. I'm going somewhere with this. Through his father, I preached revival down at his father's church. And he and I, his father had set up a reunion there or just a, a meal where we could sit down and we talked for three or four hours. I alluded to some of this on Sunday. But today, I went to that guy's funeral. I spoke. And the thing about him that was that was pretty incredible, I couldn't say that he was a great Christian. I, I don't know that. But I remember the point in time where he was, and, and, and Bruce would remember well, and he would agree with me, where he had a nickname. We called him that, and he, he played nose tackle. And if, you know, when you nose tackle, when, when you're playing right there in the middle, then you know what I'm talking about. When you're right there, man, you're the anchor. You're the anchor. It's the man in the middle. And if the enemy can establish anything, if he can run up the middle on you, if he can establish the run game, man, we know that then the passing game opens up. We know all those things. 
But I talked about how that was he the fastest? No. One of the quickest. He was quick. He was a big dude. And I began to go down that list of what he wasn't. But the thing that he could do was that he fought off the double team. And I thought about life. And I thought of how the enemy is trying right now, Dax, more than ever before to double team you and even myself. What did he do? I'm telling you, man. He just fought. He had a passion in him that, man, I mean, was just crazy. And I said this, I said, well, I meant to say this. I had it there in my own thought in my head. And the fact is, is that people in life, and especially on the football field, are not that only, they're not only those that line up beside you, but they're those, true teammates are those that line up behind you. Today in the church, we need much of the same thing right now in the day that we are living in. We need that right now is that when there's a struggle to, to figure out all the, just to figure out church. I can tell you whether it's in here or online or wherever, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. As the manner of some is and so much more as you see the day approaching. But I want tonight, if we could, to open our eyes and see that we're being double teamed. So what am I talking about? This, this thought. Today, I watched as two young girls, my mama and his wife, struggled. Tears streamed down my cheeks, man, and I just, I thought, boy, some of this stuff, Lord, don't seem right. But I need to tell you that life happens that quick and death happens that quick there were all these guys that worked with him and that said the very same thing there was three or four folks that spoke and they all said we didn't think that we'd be here today and the fact of the matter is this is life is but a vapor life is but a vapor in the midst of all of it what am I going to do Come here, Amy, please. I better watch where I talk to her now. I'm going to tell you something. I was praying for her today. I'm going to ask her a question. Honey, do you feel like that you used to worry quite a bit? Yes. So I was praying for her today, and I was thinking, God. Thank you for my wife that when she prays, she yanks on your toes, Jesus. That there you are in the throne room, and I'm thinking about that when she gets a hold, man, she gets a hold of God. We figured something out. We wore ourselves fighting each other, didn't we? We wore Yes, we did. I always wanted, no, I'm just kidding. I don't think I have anymore. But as I was praying for you today, I thought, God, thank you. 
for giving me a wife that's a warrior. I mean a warrior, not a warrior, a warrior. And here's what hit me. I thought, hell, you ain't double teaming me no more. I got somebody fighting with me. Can I get a witness in this house? But when you fight each other, a house divided cannot stand. It is true. I'm married to the most awesome woman in the world. She's a warrior, so I'm praying out of the Lord. Let her see you. Mm -mm. Let her see herself as you see her. Let her see herself as you see her. How many of you ladies in it? Stay right there, please. How many of you ladies have a problem with your just your image? You don't feel good about yourself. All right. One of you ladies turn to another lady and don't say shut up or anything like that. Just say, stop that. About every day in my little wife's life, I say, girl, you're so pretty. She does this. She's going to know I'm going to nail it. Well, I'm glad you think so. I better hush right now. I ain't going to get no supper. <laughs> huh? We're not going to fight about it, though. So she says stuff like, well, I'm glad you think so. I'm like, I don't think so. Amen. Now, here's the thing. If the enemy starts in, I say, girl, you need to straighten up. Child of the king. She's the only one that ever does that. I never do that. <laughs> Here's what I'm finding out. Me and her is on the same team. And we fight together. When the enemy double teams, and as simple as this message may be, many of you are fighting, and you shouldn't be fighting what you're fighting. Tonight, I'm going to tell you this, is that you're just going to walk in. What are you doing there? For those of you that raised your hand and felt like you're going through it, you can get rid of a lot of this tonight. Quit fighting yourself. Come on, just say, can I help you? Before I close, praise team, will y'all come? I won't be much longer. I told y'all I really only have five words. Now I want everybody to listen. Because if you'll get this, you'll change tonight. But you got to listen. Would you raise your hand tonight? Would you raise your hand tonight if you feel like you're being double teamed and like the enemy is really trying to beat you down and you're losing? Raise your hand. Thank you. Next step's big. It's not Alcoholics Anonymous. It's not any of that. Maybe it is. I don't know. But can I tell you right now, 
Say, I can't do it on my own. You want to shift? You ready to change? You give your life to him. Now he's got to start living in you, okay? You ready? I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. Pastor, why, why do we come pray at this altar? Because there's something about moving and getting out of where you're at. When you come to the place, and see, we don't like to hear this word surrender. See, surrender to the Lord is not quitting. Lord, I can't do it on my own. You know what? Sometimes I've said that, and I, I really believe this. Lord, I really believe this. I believe there's times I say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. And it's just like I can feel the Lord just saying, Hey, son, I believe he's about to do it. I think he's finally starting to realize that it's going to take us. You can't do it on your own. And you know what else? Turn to somebody and say, you can't do it for me. can't do it for me. How many of you are ready? And you'll just start and you'll just come to this altar and you'll just simply say, I can't do it on my own. How many of you are unashamedly? Because you know what? You're going to say, tell them, watch what I do here in a minute. I'll never forget first place that Amy and I pastored. <laughs> we we weren't there like two or three weeks. There's only 13 people. Somebody said, you're going to split that church. We, <laughs> 13 people. Four of them was us. About the second, second or third week, I look at Amy. We're done preaching. I'm having an altar call, and everybody's like, me and Amy go to the altar and pray, and people are like, Oh, my goodness, who is this guy? Here's the thing. We were praying for revival. We were praying, Lord, we can't do this on our own. God, you have the power to change hearts, and I don't. Tonight, you've got you've to say this. I'm going to fight through this double team. I just can't do it on my own. Lord, I need your help tonight. What we do so many times, I'm closing. What we do so many times is I tell you, bow your head, close your eyes, all of these things, and we shut it off. What about tonight just coming and saying, I can't do it on my own? What about that? How many of you would get up from your seat right now without anybody with their heads bowed, their eyes closed? How many of you would come to this altar and say, Lord, tonight I'm getting victory because I'm doing this in you? I'm not doing it in my own. I'm coming tonight, and I'm giving this to you. I can't do it on my own, Lord. Now, here's what you're going to do. Forget everybody else in this place. I'm going to confess it. I've already been confessing it. Lord, I can't do this on my own. 
Now listen, would you call out, would you cry out to God? Would you talk to Him? Would you talk to Him? You can't do it on your own. I'm tired of the enemy eating my lunch. I'm tired of it.